Powell River Community Radio Society or of Welcome to Astrology Today, coming to you live from the beautiful Sunshine Coast. And why am I not being... I'm not on. What the heck? No. What? I... Hello, folks. You are listening to Cardinal Air to Astrology Today. Um, we are having more technical difficulties. No, now she can't hear me, so... Um, yeah, so we either get me really muffled and my co-host can hear me, or we get me really clear and um, we can't hear my co-host. Ah, okay, so technicalities are still problematic. Oh dear. Darn, darn, that is just too weird. But anyway, okay, so what a muffle. That's probably the worst start I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Possibly, yeah. I, I suspect you're it not is. As, you're not as muffled as you used to be, so. Okay, well. It's I'll, not as clear as it was before we got on air. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, you know, I'm sure people who have been going to the YouTube video have noticed that my voice gets really kind of bad. Um, and just a reminder, though, until I get this all sorted out, that... Um, it's possible to watch the video and then just listen to it from my website because the radio station itself captures the sound perfectly uh, for both parties, both Jill and I. Um, and so that way you can get by the annoying muffle of me, which ah, we thought we had it fixed. And it's not even the shadow phase of Mercury retrograde yet. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, no, it's not. It starts. Can't blame it on the planet. Damn. <laughs> Damn, just this technical nonsense. Anyway, on the show today, this is episode 130. We are doing the flip of the eclipse season. Uh, so the North Node is in a Taurus, but the South Node is in Scorpio. So we're going to look at eighth house, Scorpio, a bit about Mars. Um, and I'm going to start us off with just some reminders. And I'm actually, for those folks on YouTube, going to... No, I'm not. I'm not going to share quite yet. I have to get to the right screen first. There we go. Um, yeah, so we are going to look at... Um, uh, the eighth house and Scorpio um, and these so to keep in mind that the original um, paradigms that were uh, went into the thinking behind uh, things like the eighth house and Scorpio had to do with uh, the movement of the Sun both on a daily basis and on a yearly basis so during the day the eighth house represented the sun as bearing down into um, night, okay? And so uh, the eighth house was also considered inactive. And if you think about it, you know, you've had your supper, you're, you know, doing the thing on the couch, 
<laughs> which of course none of us do. We're all just, you know, very whatever. Mm-hmm. No, we all do the inactive or idle moment there before the sun goes down. Um, and um, and it was considered, you know, it's it's like a falling down. Okay, so. Um, well, I guess I guess it's it's like the sun dying in, in the yeah. evening and being born again in the morning. Right? Exactly, exactly. So the eighth house is associated with death, profit from death, inheritance. Um, it's also considered physical and mental weakness. And again, after you're, you know, just imagine that turkey supper and, you know, the tryptophan kicks in and the mind kind of goes into, <laughs> you know, kind of sluggish mode. Um and the condition, uh, well, it's also associated with uh, things like lawsuits and, you know, mortgages and banks and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, and I'm not sure how that fits the eighth house with that one. Yeah, well, uh, that's, yeah. I just thought of that. I just realized I, I get the death, I get the inheritance because that's the end of the day. Um well, in, in a sense, hmm. it's where we merge we merge with another because that's the sexuality. Oh, yeah, yeah, but you know, the sexuality was not part of the ancients. That that is a very modern um, association yeah, but with it the is, house. It is certainly yeah quality that we talk about now. Sex, yeah. death, and taxes. Yeah, sex, uh, death, and taxes. Exactly. And, I mean, they call they call they call the orgasm the, the little death. Right? Yes. So yeah. It is where we come, you know, as much as close to being one with another person physically as we can. Yeah. And so there's that merging quality, and it is a water sign. So I think that's um, part of it, too. Yeah. Water doesn't have the distinctions and delineations that the other other elements do. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, so um, the ancients also used it, um, uh, that particular house, as part of their uh, length of life techniques, uh, which they were very big on doing. Um, And in the mundane, it's concerned with um, mass death um, and, uh, you know, sort of the causes of death, and um, also especially apparently with violent death, uh, you would look to the eighth house. So um, other things you might find there is if somebody was poisoned, if they are experiencing poverty, um, adversaries, uh, occult faculties is another one, Uh, anguish of the mind, obviously death can cause that, Uh, you know, grief, loss, legacy, and wills. So now if we add the sun's trip around uh, the earth, or our trip around the sun, pardon me. So Scorpio um, is associated with the fall season. So whereas Taurus is springing into life and that, you know, that sort of sustained growth, um, Scorpio is sustained decay. Um, And uh, you know, unfortunately, we're really biased against decay, degeneration, and uh, entropy. Um, and But it's just part of the natural cycle. We do not have to give it a negative connotation, um, but we definitely do. Um, and so what's actually happening, of course, is like the daytime scenario, we, ought, we have dark getting darker. 
Um, and it's doing that in a sustained way. Every day during the month uh, that Scorpio is assigned to, it is getting darker. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that the, um, the poisoning part of it, we, we have Scorpio has the stinger, which can deliver a, a toxin to you. So Yes, yes. But what's interesting, too, about it is apparently it's incredibly um, delicate. A Scorpio. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, it's got an exoskeleton. If that cracks, it's dead. Yeah. So if you actually drop, we're holding it and dropped it, you kill it, which is kind of sad. So, yeah, I mean, they, they, and they won't, they'll try and scare you without stinging you. If you, but if you, you know, yeah. If they feel threatened, like any other animal, yes. they will yep. lash out. Yep. Yep. And so it is a fixed sign. Everybody is. Yes. Well, there's that. And, um, you know, before the program, we were talking about, you know, the houses that are associated with the water signs. Um, and this one is water in its most stable state, steady state. So whether it's liquid, whether it's, uh, you know, in its gaseous state or in its solid state as in ice, but it's that steady state. Um, but, yeah, because it is a fixed sign. And water, if you hold it long enough, it it does go stagnant. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. And you have that sort of toxic fit to it. If it, yeah. if it doesn't get to move, yep. you know, yep. exactly. that's part of the problem with people who hold on to their grief. Yes, yeah. Right? And are yep. it or other emotions, um, that it, it does affect the body in a very negative way. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. So decay and regeneration. Um, and uh, okay, so legacies. And this is, of course, Scorpio is the feminine or female version of the planet Mars. And so, you know, we've got the two polarities that Venus and Mars dance with. And one is Aries and Libra. And this one is the opposite, where you've got uh, Taurus, which is Venus, and um, Scorpio, which is Mars. Um, and of course, we've also added in modern times, we've added the planet Pluto to it. Um, oh. And with that Mars in the feminine, it's, um, it's almost like the natural cycle for women in which, you know, if you're not pregnant, then you flush out, right? And we do this monthly thing, all women do it. Um, and so that sort of speaks to that Mars piece, I think, as well. I just thought of that. Yeah. So Mars in a feminine guise. And I've often thought that, um, you know, we talk about the aggression of men, but I don't know if they actually get to the same level that women do if you threaten their children. Well, because Scorpio <laughs> is... Scorpio is the water. It's the, you know, which is the feminine, the yin. And so, yeah, it's it's got that emotional edge to it that Aries doesn't have. No, Aries it doesn't. Is, Aries can spend uh, Aries itself. Is very, uh, and Mars in Aries is much more immediate, much more like yeah. and it fist, boom. And that's um, it. Whereas, whereas Mars in Scorpio is is more of a seething kind of. Yes. Yeah, and, and it doesn't and, and stop. Because it's, because it's a fixed sign, you hold it in or you hold it for a while, and it just grows and festers. Yes. <laughs> and then 
when it does go off, boy, look out. <laughs> well, and, and it doesn't stop until there's what? Annihilation, right? Yeah. You know, because it is in the, the circle of life, it is at that place where things must die in yeah, order for yeah, there to be the yeah. rebirth in the spring. Not, yeah. not, not always literally, but yeah. And, you know, every day there's, there's endings and beginnings in our days, yes. right? Yeah, exactly. Ends because it has to end so that something new can begin. And that's, yeah. that's actually a good thing. I mean, it is a good have, thing. Yeah. If you don't have the decomposition and decay, you're not going to grow anything because you're not going to have compost to grow stuff out of. That's right. Yep. Exactly. As a gardener. <laughs> yes. As <he does> gardener. <laughs> that is true. That is true. So what are we going to be pointing at then? So we last week we talked about this upcoming uh, solar eclipse in uh, Taurus. Um, and so the middle of May we get, because eclipses typically come in pairs, although sometimes there can be three in a row. Uh, but this season we just have the typical pair. And so May... So is a new moon and a full moon eclipse. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Yeah. They happen at, at the new moon. Because some people say... Oh, it's a new moon and an eclipse. Well, because that's what an eclipse, eclipse is. is. <laughs> new moon or full moon. <laughs> yeah. Eclipsing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, this cycle, we have, like I say, the one on April 30th, and then we have one on May the 16th. And that is the first one we are going to look at is just the eclipse itself. And as she tries to get the uh, graphics. So for those who want to watch the graphics that we're talking about, um, you just have to go to cardinalastrology.ca and go to the radio page and go down to episode 130 and you can follow along. Um, and this is quite, um, so what I've pulled up now is the solar eclipse, which in Ottawa is, it's May 16th, it's just after midnight. Um, and we have a Capricorn rising, giving Pluto, you know, sort of center stage. Um, we have the moon up in uh, Scorpio at 25 in, uh, you know, like it's the midheaven of this chart. Um, Uranus is no longer quite so involved. It's a good 10 degrees away. Um, but we have this Mars-Neptune that is trining and sextiling, which is going to add a twist to this particular eclipse. Hmm. What's your now, thoughts the on other that? Interesting thing at this eclipse oh, yes, in the square. The other, the other interesting thing with the eclipse is Jupiter is triggering that zero degrees Aries point. Yes, yes, it is. And Saturn is squaring. So last month, or, you know, in a couple of weeks, to, or else, 10 days or so from now we've got Uranus involved and then with this eclipse we have the Saturn so that square between Saturn and Uranus which has been creating the chaos slash tension for the last two years very much involved here yeah yeah because yeah, the the node is between the Uranus and the sun and it's yep. yeah it's uh pulling it into aspect in a sense yes yes it is so there could be a huge um like with uranus that that's coming up that's more um an awakening whereas with saturn in may it's going to be a full stop on something yeah yeah and in the canadian yeah, be a lot of tension in that. yeah a lot of tension 
And so what we've decided to do is we've looked at some leaders charts, plus we do have the Canadian chart, which we will get to momentarily. But first, we're going to look at uh, the fact that in mundane astrology, oftentimes, um, and they would have done this way back when, they would look at the leaders chart as being also a way of divining how a country would be doing. Uh, oh, yeah. Originally, it was yeah. you, had the, you had the court astrologer for the king or the yes. queen or whatever. And that was that was who you're looking at because they yeah. control right? Yeah, exactly. So we thought we would do that with uh, Canada and the U.S. And so let's have a look at oh our wonderful leader who has an unfortunate Saturn in Gemini <laughs> at the top of the chart. Ah. Well, okay. and, and check out Neptune at the bottom of the chart. Yes, 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 I know, I know. Um, unfor <laughs> unfortunately, when a leader has um, Saturn and Gemini, um, the absolute best case scenario is that he's very aware of what he says, um, and he takes responsibility <laughs> for what he says, but Gemini and Saturn aren't necessarily happy campers together, and it is dependent on that Mercury, and so he has Mercury and Sag, right? sandwiched between Neptune and Jupiter. Um, and so, I mean, when he came out with that um, slogan for his first run at being prime minister of sunny ways, it was like, I think every astrologer went, oh, well, and also, groan, also, groan. Also, being aware of, of what he's saying when, it, when Saturn is opposing Neptune down at the bottom of the chart, that's going to make that a difficult thing too. yes yeah 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 so ergo sunny way and that square is, is ascendant descendant yeah so. it does it does so it's very front and center in his life um how he comports himself on a verbal level and his uh optimistic sagittarian um yeah worldview is yeah yeah very much part of his mo so where does this eclipse fall in his chart? Yeah. And so well, it's, it's, I, th I think also Mercury is on the midpoint for Neptune and Jupiter there. Yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Totally. So you've got, uh, you know, Jupiter likes, especially in Sag, he's looking for the truth. And Neptune is maybe playing fast and loose with the truth. So, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, again, the duality. Yes, yeah, yeah. And these too. are, um, uh, you know, sort of double-bodied signs, and so they can flip. Their nature can go one way or the other way and back and forth. And, and Mercury is in its fall, um, even though it is with, you know, the ruler of that sign, which kind of maybe helps with the fallen nature of Mercury. But now with this eclipse, ah, I see what you were looking at. Mercury is conjunct this configuration and opposite immediately um, that Neptune. Yeah. So he's bound to go back on what he's been saying. Just saying. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah. Well, and the eclipse itself is really hitting his, his midheaven, I see. I mean. Yes. Yeah, his, the midheaven so of his chart that, is 27 that, Taurus, and the eclipse is at 25. Yep. 
So making it prominent, making it prominent, definitely. Oh, yes. Yeah. Very, yes. And squaring, and of course, the eclipse itself is squaring Saturn. Saturn in the yes. sixth, which is transiting his sixth house, which yep. is, what kind of job is he doing? <laughs> yes, he's supposed to be of service to the people. Yes. Yeah, yeah, not so much. So, yeah, that's, it's, I think that's coming to a head. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And he's also got, um, he's having his Chiron opposition with, and he's got Venus conjunct Chiron in the, that eighth house. Again, yeah. back in the houses here. Yes, back to the eighth house. So how he is negotiating. Um, so in mundane, this is the ties that, um, that a country will have with other countries. Yeah, uh, well... And Jupiter's opposing the, his Pluto in his second house. So that's an interesting piece, too. Yeah, yeah. So what might yeah. we say about that? Of course, it puts Mars on notice, and his Mars is in Pisces, which is an awkward place for Mars to be. Um, it, it would go both ways, whether it's um, Mars manipulating or being manipulated. And yeah. I, would, I would hazard a guess, given the uh, Saturn opposite all that Sag energy, that he's probably easily manipulated. That oh, way. I think so. I think so. I don't yeah. think he's... Yeah, I think... And he's got, you know, Mars coming around for its return there. Yeah. It's yeah. Neptune in this... In this, in this uh, Eclipse chart, Mars yep. and Neptune, conjunct in Pisces in his seventh house, which again, in the country, that's dealings with others. So. Yeah, yeah, open enemies. Yep. yep. And they're squaring his own Jupiter in that forest. So, yeah, interesting. Uh, he's getting hit by, on a lot of different levels with this. <laughs> yeah, and and I think, I, I think central to it is going to be um, how he speaks about this particular time uh, in terms of how he's handling uh, because debt and and death and taxes that eighth house stuff right that's all about you know countries experiencing a inflation um, and so the people we would represent the people in this the moon is traveling through the third house so it's on a very community um, survival almost basis yeah when you've got it an eclipse falling across taurus well, scorpio the root of the chart too, as yeah exactly grassroots kind of thing happening yeah, yeah. so um, is there survival yeah. and and can he address those issues um or is he going to wander off into sunny ways yeah which yeah not. yeah no i think uh people aren't buying sunny ways right now no that's <laughs> for sure and also, Mercury in this in this eclipse chart is retrograde. Yes, yeah. And so I think you know he may have to backtrack on yes. something. Yeah. As well, so that again is like, well, what do we believe then? You said yeah. this, say that. Yeah, exactly. And so yeah. that that whole Mercury retrograde, it may not in every chart around the world be prominent on the angles like it is in this one but it yeah. will factor in that there is and, um, and, a review happening and that, and that it's squaring his ascendant descendant so yes close. yeah almost well exact yeah almost to the minute yeah um 
that's that's significant and yeah it's uh not only ruling the the intercepted gemini in the 10th but it's ruling his ascendant yes yeah no right. exactly so it's an important planet in history very right? important very and, important and yeah natally it's at that midpoint with jupiter and neptune so it really does have a place that we kind of need to look closely at right now <laughs> yes and yeah. and unfortunately the whole configuration natally um was was and is a challenge in terms of getting it right um oh absolutely yeah yeah uh, and the other thing i'm noting is that with that saturn in the sixth the whole um you know being of service but the sixth is also health and you know the whole hospital systems and all of that kind of stuff and of course here in bc we are struggling big time uh, I but i suspect that there's healthcare struggles across the country that aren't just about the pandemic um yeah and so that is actually what this eclipse is asking him no, to pay attention to going, i think yeah, I think with the Neptune involvement in all of this, there's there's definitely stuff going on that we are not being told about, and you know, things are not always as they seem. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, so, you know, there's definitely questions that need to be raised. <laughs> not Mercury at the tenth. Yes. There. Yep. We need yeah. the explanations. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So. Now, let's look at how it falls in Canada. So from the leader's chart to just the civilian or the, yeah, the straight mundane chart. And of course, what's absolutely critical here is Uranus is conjunct our Pluto. Um, and so, you know, first house, um, how we see ourselves, how we want to be seen out there in the world, uh, you know, just this sort of steady going um venus inspired you know and venus is in gemini so you know we're very polite and all of that kind of stuff but <laughs> that well, image is about yeah. to change i would say and natally we have our sun conjunct uranus in a very yeah. tight in the fourth house so yeah. we have kind of this built-in um potential upheaval <laughs> yes yeah and so periodically it's got to get triggered and this could be it with uranus conjunct pluto this could well, be not a only huge upheaval pluto, not only conjunct pluto because our pluto opposes our saturn right natally yeah in the Canadian chart so yep. it's pulling pulling that, that in as well yeah in Although in this case, it's it's first seventh. Um, we are looking at these charts from a Placidus uh, quadrant-based system. Um, but that the midheaven for the eclipse is right very close to that. Yeah, so this is well, also that angularity. The moon, hmm. And the moon and sun are in the second. Yeah, and then the ascendant is very close. Descent is close to that sun, Uranus. Ooh, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's an, and look at, Venus and Chiron on the ascendant, transiting our natal yes. Neptune. Yep. Back to Neptune again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we do have, a, a, or we did, I am I think most Canadians now are sort of getting over the idea of this idealized uh, nice nation um, as yeah. more and more of the journey that unfortunately our Indigenous folks were put through gets almost daily exposed um, and uh, listened to uh, a program here just the other day where 
the disconnect between, um, uh, you know, the status quo point of view and um, how reconciliation is actually going to um, matter to the indigenous folks that have always been here. Um, there well, is still quite a disconnect, which would speak to that Neptune oh, yeah, on the ascendant. Absolutely. And Neptune, of course, is image, right? Yeah. It's the imagery, not necessarily the truth of what's going on. And we have an actual Neptune double whammy here with Chiron, because we have Chiron almost exact to the minute on top of Neptune. Yep. Transiting. Yep. So and we have Neptune. Breaking that, that illusion down. Yep. And we have Neptune less than two degrees away from natal Chiron in the 12th, yeah. with yeah. Mars in there for a punch. <laughs> yes, exactly. Cutting through the the 12th house, yeah, um, denial. And Mars is, Mars is still close enough to our south node there, too. Yeah, yeah. So again, there's that south node energy that's happening, you know, um, in the eclipse south node being close to our saturn mm -hmm. in the saturn. yeah well it's angular it's angular in the eclipse chart so it's yeah, yeah totally mars, going to be obvious yeah and mars being pretty close to that south node our south node in the 12th so yeah so just, things yeah. that we've tried to hidden away 12th house that are no longer going to stay hidden away no oh yeah, yeah. No, it's I all coming I to the surface yep there's a lot of that Neptunian stuff that's going to, yeah, it's, the bubble's going to burst here. <laughs> and yeah. some truth is going to come out here. And, of course, we still have that, again, you know, the Jupiter on that zero Aries point, I think, speaks to that, too. Yes. Just yeah. on a global level, because yeah. everything about that zero Aries point, zero Aries, of, of, or zero of the cardinal signs, is is the world axis and yeah. it becomes world news you know you yeah. don't get hold it in <laughs> which is a good thing which is a good thing we do need to yeah. move on okay so let's look at the u.s now and mr biden and you oh. know i feel sorry for this guy he has had one hell of a rough life um uh yeah he's got um so Biden has quite a stellium in Scorpio in the 12th house um, and, uh, you know, his own history um, has involved a lot of Scorpio slash death, um, but he is now the, the president. And so um, we, you know, there's been astrologers who have been looking at this and going, oh, <laughs> this looks a little tricky. Is he actually yeah. going to literally survive this particular eclipse? Yeah. No, no, he may not. Certainly. He may not. Yeah, he may not. Um, yeah. And certainly, not only he, but his career, certainly, if yes. not him. Yeah. Um, he's got that Jupiter at that zero Aries point opposing his Neptune. In the yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, we're coming back to Neptune again. It's amazing. Yeah. And and he's also got that retrograde Mercury transiting his... It's interesting because his, his ascendant, descendant is, is square to our own Trudeau's. Yes, right? it is. Yeah. Well, that Uranus is on, um, on Trudeau's... Um, Saturn and Saturn and Gemini. Oh, and he's got Saturn and Gemini. The two of them are exactly. a pair. And Uranus. 
Oh, gosh. Yeah. Obviously, one's a lot older than the other, but uh, 30 years, I guess. Yeah. A degree away from that Uranus that comes Mm -hmm. to his seventh house. So interesting. There's uh, some explosive stuff that could happen between the two of them. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So having. uh, Oh, go ahead. There's just one other thing to point out is. uh, Oh, what was I going to say? Oh, Pluto is in conjunct his Chiron North Node in the ninth. Yes. Yeah. Which is an uncomfortable aspect. Very. <laughs> yes. In conjuncts are 150 degrees, and they try to marry two energies that would normally not have anything to do with each other. And so it is yeah. an uncomfortable aspect. Yeah. 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 The other thing interesting interesting point is that the midheaven of this eclipse is right on top of his Mars in yes. Scorpio. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, he uh, may be called, uh, one of one astrologer thought that this could be him trying to enter a war, which, oh, God forbid. And Uranus opposing that Mars. Yeah. Transiting, yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, which would yeah. not be good. We No, no, please don't go there, folks. No, Our southern neighbors, we do not need that. Yeah. Anyway. And his Saturn is moving very close to that south node in third. Yes, it is. Yeah. So again, we've got the nodal thing happening. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the question of, you know, whether or not, because even when he was inaugurated, um, there were astrologers that uh, didn't think that he would see the end of his uh, presidency. Hmm. So, which could be, wow, the shift that would happen in the U.S. if Kamala Harris um, takes over would be, yeah. Well, because most people see her as quite a liability, actually. Yeah, but, you know, that she is the vice president, so that would naturally be where it would go. Yeah. Okay, so the next chart is one that's, you know, kind of like, wow, here's somebody who <laughs> who just might have an eclipse moment that sort of spells the end of an era um, because yeah. this is uh, our own, um, I, I don't know what her association with us is other than, you know, we follow her, some do anyway. Queen Elizabeth II, who just turned 96. She's... Um, a year older than my brother. Yeah. Anyway, look at that. She has 25 degrees Scorpio midheaven with, with the Saturn eclipse. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And Saturn at 24. And that Saturn rules her first house. And in Hellenistic astrology, the first house is you and it is you physically. Um, and apparently this is also um, a first house annual perfection. And so it does draw attention to that Saturn. And yeah, um, there and is... Look how close her, her, south, her natal south node is to her sun, and it's right yes. beside yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and when we when there was there's a group of us that get together every Friday and of course once we started going down the royalty rabbit hole uh, we pulled out pulled up Kate and William and they're both born on eclipses both of them yeah you know know. which is just like kind of mind-boggling that those two would 
find each other and yeah but this could and you know finally charles <laughs> poor charles <laughs> the, the never-ending wait this could be um very indicative of either her you know passing which would be sad but uh, she could just finally decide to step down like i'm done well and she's she's said all with her capital rising that she never would but but um, yeah she probably never thought about what it would be like to be 96 and still doing well, what she's doing and also, yeah and also she's got that that the eclipse on that saturn midheaven um and it's and then saturn is conjunct her mars jupiter opposing neptune so yeah they're all in this very tight square so she's got saturn squares saturn yep and um, the the eclipse triggering that exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah. and she, and and um, and Uranus is basically uh, squaring her moon. Yes, yeah. So in the eighth, right? Yeah, in the eighth. Yeah. So uh, you know, probably seventh in my system. But. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so the astrologers, when we all looked at this yesterday, they're, they're, it was pretty much un unanimous that she's probably going to move on to her next adventure uh, in life. It, I mean, out of this life and into a different life. And uh, yeah, she, but she's had a huge run. My well, look at all the, look at all the fixed. Stuff. Yes, exactly. I am <laughs> here to stay. Leo and yeah. Saturn and Scorpio. And, yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of fixity in the chart. Yes. So yeah, she was, and her mother lived to be over a hundred. So yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she's also got uh, that that uh, in the eclipse chart, the Mars Neptune. Um, aspecting her Uranus. Ah, yes. Yep. And Scorpio there. Yep. So it's they're coming to conjunct Uranus. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that's interesting timing. Yes, it is very much so. Okay, so, I'm trying to think of who else I put up here. <laughs> I think you put Kamala up, didn't you? I did. Yeah, so what would the world look like if this lady ends up taking over from Biden? And of course, she has the reverse ascendant descendant to Biden. He has Sag rising, she has Gemini rising. Um, and um, her angles also have uh, her um, nodal axis on it. Yeah. Well, she's got the, the eclipse Mars Neptune squaring that. Yes. Axis. <laughs> squaring her own um, nodes, basically. Well, no, not from Taurus Scorpio. No, no. Sorry? Um, her axis is Gemini, and yes, the, yeah. and Neptune and Mars. Are oh, I see Neptune and Mars. Pisces. Yes, yes. Transiting in Pisces at yeah. the end of Pisces, up there square. in the tenth house. But I think what's more indicative is the Jupiter Taurus North and Node Saturn, and her Saturn return. Yeah, and her Saturn return exactly. exactly. Well, the eclipse is squaring her Saturn. Yep, which is close to her midheaven. Yeah, and the um, North yeah. Node is conjunct. Her Jupiter, which rules and, that tenth house. Yep. And back to Mercury, we've got Mercury squaring her midheaven. Oh right, yes, yes we do, yes we do, yeah. At this eclipse. 
but it is retrograde. So I'm wondering, there could be a bunch of confusion about, is he out? Is she in? Is he out? Is she in? Yeah. She's also, she's also got Pluto squaring her sun moon opposition. Oh, she does. Capricorn. Right, from the eighth house of, well, so if she does assume power, this is also an indication that Biden might just pack it in. And well, not yeah. not in a, in a, I'll just step down, no, I'll die kind of thing, eighth house. Oh, wow. Yeah, lots going on in this. And, and she's got uh, Uranus uh, opposing her Neptune. Yes. With the, with the eclipse on her. Yeah. Twelfth Jupiter. <laughs> uh, and the and Uranus is trining its natal position as well from the twelfth. Yeah. Well and that and that Jupiter Neptune opposition in her chart squares her Neptune. Or sorry, so her Mars in Leo. In the third. Oh, uh, okay. Body. Okay. So yes, natally. Eclipse, yep. yep. So the eclipse is hitting all of that, basically. Yes. Your Saturn jupiter her neptune her her yep. mars yeah and interesting uh, too they're one before the angle um and so um she'll come out of the closet almost into that position because it isn't angular it's just before the angles so yeah hmm. going to be an interesting thing to see but she's not regarded well Ha! Huh, i wonder why she doesn't speak well. She doesn't like. Oh, so in terms of the presidential. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She, yeah. She doesn't seem to know a lot. She does. I mean, yeah. She's not. She's not really. She's seen more as a liability than anything else. Yeah. Well, and I'm wondering if that's in view of the. Um, you know the um, power structure in Washington or. You know, because she might not be towing the the structural norm, which in the U.S. that might be a good thing. I don't know. I yeah yeah yeah. From what I'm I've not. seen from what I've seen of her, she's hard to take seriously. Oh okay okay yeah. I actually haven't followed her machinations at all. Um, but look at the the crosses in that. I know she's got like some mystical triangly things happening in there, and yeah, it's a very unusually shaped chart. Um, she has Gemini rising. Um, she's a Libra on a full moon, like on almost an exact full moon within ten seconds of a well of degrees of arc of being the exact full moon. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and with Pluto squaring that full moon, too. It's, uh, yep. Uh, well, we'll yeah, see yeah, we'll see. <laughs> These are all things to consider. And I think that was the last chart that I put up. It was. So let's go back to the actual chart it, itself. So um, in terms of the beginning of the the season of the uh, Scorpio Taurus uh, eclipse season and so for folks out there you want to look at just where do you find 
um, your Taurus Scorpio axis. And um, so given that it is fixed, um, when you have eclipse energy, it tends to disrupt things. So fixed energy doesn't take to being disrupted as easily as, let's say, cardinal or mutable. Um, and so having your heads up for the arena that this axis is crossing, just so that you can be a little light on trying to hold <laughs> the status quo so that when the disruptions come through, you're able to ride that wave. And so we have... It's important to be aware of the fact that eclipses are not just a on the day kind no, of event. No, no, they're a six it, month the period. The eclipse is felt usually a month or so before and certainly for about six months afterwards. Yeah. yeah. So, and we certainly had a good run up to it with that full moon. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, yeah. be, be aware it's, it, we're, this is a very intense um, eclipse season. Yes, yeah. And it's, and it's the reason we're saying that, you know, because obviously every eight years we have um, eclipses will fall across this particular angle. Um, but it's also because of the Saturn-Uranus square, uh, which we've all like are just so done with, but it's not quite done, not until the fall. Um, you know, the world has been under this pressure of, uh, you know, Saturn wanting to hold and Uranus wanting to awaken and yeah and so it's this is it in some ways it's like culminating what the saturn uranus square has been trying to revolutionize or reconstruct or and it's like the last vestiges that might have tried to avoid the chaos of the last two years no no this eclipse comes through and says no no we will have change but also the the um, the next lunar eclipse is on November the eighth, which is election day for the U.S. in their midterm elections. Right. Yep. And it's going to have spoiler alert. It's going to have Saturn will have retrograded back to a very close square with Uranus. Yes. Yeah. The and final. Sun, the final sun, kiss. Sun, Moon, and the nodes are going to be conjunct Uranus. So. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is not over when it's you know even in six months time it's going to be like yeah yeah there's more to come yeah this particular story yeah so yeah I, I think that's interesting timing of course too yeah so <laughs> it if, is on, it's the US Pluto return here <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's not going to go quietly into that good dark night no, no. <laughs> not at all not at all no not at all not yeah. at all. Okay, well, so, think, oh. Sorry, I, just in terms of that second eighth house money thing, mm -hmm. the fact that Chiron and Venus are conjunct in Aries is, is significant, I think. Ah. In this eclipse yeah. chart. Yeah. Yes, you can, you, you know, take in the other factors uh, when you're looking at it. And this is, you know, we're talking Scorpio, which is ruled by Mars and Venus, which is ruling the Taurus side of this eclipse. And um, the configuration of those two planets, of course, Mars is next to Neptune, not a 
not a nah, difficult aspect, and it's actually aspecting uh, the eclipse. And so it's there's a degree of where is the aggression going to come out that is not clear at all. Um, and then as Jill is saying, with the Venus ruled by that Mars as well, um, conjunct Chiron, you know, things could get messy and be hurt. And, well, and it'll yeah. be interesting to see what happens when Mars moves forward over that, the degrees that Chiron and Venus are at right now. Yes, yeah, first exactly. It, it, it uh, you know, it sort of puts First a, of all, when it enters Aries, because Jupiter's at zero Aries, Okay. <laughs> so, you know, it's going to trigger that particular bit, and then it's going to move forward over Chiron, where Chiron and Venus are. So, again, we've talked before about how, you know, the planets keep moving, and they will trigger the setup that's, that's laid out in the eclipse charts. Yes, so. exactly, exactly. Yep. Okay, so folks out there... Um, you find, you know, again, where that axis is falling. So if it's first seventh, then um, this kind of energy is going to work on um, your face-to-face -face relationships and how you want to present yourself. Um, if it is second eighth, uh, then it will be, you know, your ability to um, gather resources and who you are tied and bound to, eighth house, in terms of sharing those resources. Um, so, you know, banking and mortgages and taxes versus, you know, am I making enough money to sustain ourselves, you know, yourself and given the inflation that's out there these days, oh my God. Um, if it's third house, this could be, uh, you know, changes in your neighborhood to uh, shifts happening around siblings. Ninth house could be education, travel, um, the disruption of that. Um, because eclipses tend to shift things. Um, and whether you view that shift as positive or negative, that's kind of up to you. Uh, fourth, tenth, then, you know, if you've got a house for sale, it may take longer than you expect, or it could happen faster than you expect. Tenth house could be career shifts that um, are, you know, conditioned by worldly events, I would think. Um, yeah. So 5th, the 11th, this would be the, oh, what do you mean I'm pregnant? <laughs> Especially with Mars, Neptune. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it, you may have thought it was impossible. <laughs> this could be that, you know, sort of moment where the impossible becomes possible. Um, or you may be dealing with issues even if you've got grown children. With yes, exactly. Children. Yeah. Or yeah. with friendships because yeah. that's the, the 11th house as yeah. well. Yeah, exactly. The one thing that um, could be a little dicey because Mars is conjunct Neptune is if you get involved in uh, make rich schemes, you know, because the fifth house can be speculation. And yeah, you might you might just want to take a pass on that. <laughs> And the other thing is, is which end of it is in which house. If yes. you've got the Taurus piece with the North Node, you know, and the Sun Uranus energy in your 11th house, that might be a time for coming together with others in your community and organizing and, yes. you know, the yes. whole grassroots movement kind yep. of thing. 
we talked about that before what we're what we need to build in terms of you know sharing resources and yeah. that is part yeah. of this access exactly so i exactly. think it's also a time for for focusing more on that no matter where it is in your chart i guess but just being aware of you know there is a a change happening and you know we we're needing to look at how we move forward yes and, yeah and and you know working with the earth and and with each other and sharing resources because you know that's how we can help one another yeah it is it is yeah Okay, and so the last uh, opposition axis would be 6th, 12th. Um, and, you know, uh, for folks who may have health concerns, you definitely want to be paying attention. Um, so this could be a shift in a good way or a shift in the way you don't necessarily want it to go, but um, you don't want to be asleep through um, oh. that particular piece. 12th house. Um, this could be a breakthrough spiritually. Um, Vivid dreams. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially <laughs> Mars, Neptune. Yeah, that and would I be think huge. The other thing to mention with this eclipse, because of the moon in Scorpio, I think there can be, you know, full moons are notorious for, you know, feeling emotions more heightened. Yes, and all. yep. That this time it can be, like, really intense yes exactly and it may take you deep yeah yeah possibly with that square to saturn places you don't want to go but <laughs> yeah so you know it's because it, the moon in scorpio it's going to be about letting go and and processing and moving that energy yes and and a reminder too that um the moon is exalted in taurus so it's totally not necessarily enjoying the ground that it walks through when it's in Scorpio and we were talking before the show how you know the 12th the 8th house and the 4th those are you know traditionally in the modern scheme of things correlated uh, with the water signs and it is its own language and growing up in this society here in the west we do not value that emotional language we value the rational the you know sort of the air sign or even the earth signs but we don't value this water and yet um during an eclipse through across this particular axis it's not something you can avoid Well, and particularly with that Mars-Neptune yeah. conjunction in Pisces, trining it. Yes. Capricorn, <laughs> Feelings <power>. will flow. <laughs> you know, like, do not try to suppress your emotions. That yes. Saturn, Saturn might yep. want to do that, but, you know, this is a time to really be aware. Like, yep. the, the light is trying to be shining on, on whatever that... Yeah, whatever needs to move emotionally. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sweetheart, we're down to 42 seconds. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I was putting up my tea, but you didn't see it. Anyway, folks, thank you, Jill, for joining me. Next week, we will be looking at that month of May, so not just the eclipse. Um, But in the meantime, thank you for listening. You are tuned into CJMP 90.1 FM, Powell Rivers Community Radio Station, situated in the Cathat region um, and on the territory of the Clahomon Nation. Anyway, take care, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.